Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of gravity. Hey guys, it's me, Elliot. Um, at this point, probably most of you are aware of my condition. Uh, for those of you who are not, I'm in quite a predicament. Um, I've seem to have fallen into something like a last action hero, stay tuned type scenario after I found a magic VHS tape and put it in my VCR. VCR, I'm now trapped inside various movies, jumping from uh, one to the other uh, with no real consistency of how long or I'm in one or I can't really figure out why I go from one to the other. Sometimes it's very obvious what movie I'm trapped in. Sometimes it's not. Right now, uh, I'm surrounded by what looks like a bunch of really cheap sci-fi knockoff sets. And uh, David Hasselhoff is here, and he has like horrible diarrhea. So I can only conclude that I am the uh, Italians. I mean, the Italian Star Wars ripoff Star Crash, because if I those that's the only movie I can think of that has those. Uh, specific elements in it. So I'm here, and uh, in the meantime, while I'm here, I'm recording something, the one, keep you up to date, but uh, I'm not able, obviously, to join Keith in the regular shows right now. So I thought I would do maybe a little fun mini-episode, a hot take sort of thing. Uh, You know, in the time being, until I can find my way back. If any of you have seen the ends, I've never seen the endings of... uh, Last Action Hero or Stay Tuned, so I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to get out of this scenario, but if anyone has any ideas or tips of how I might be able to find my way out of these movies, that would be great, Um, because it sounds like it would be a lot of fun, uh, but it's not. It's not at all. So, uh, luckily, uh, I'm able to have some level of communication with Keith, I can sometimes tune into a frequency, uh, kind of like in that movie Frequency, and we can talk to each other through these different worlds, and um, so I'm I'm able to to communicate, send him some info, I'm going to send him this audio clip as soon as I get into a movie that has a ham radio in it, and then uh, I'm also occasionally able to listen to the episodes that I'm not on. I listened to the Double Impact episode, and before I get into what I'm talking about today, I just want to make a couple quick comments about that, or just one, really. One of the guest hosts that was filling in for me uh, said it's impossible to die from steam, and you could be burned by steam, but steam can't kill you, and that guy has obviously never felt the awesome power of steam um it's deadly i assure you that i have a steam mop that i use for cleaning my floors in my apartment and just with that household item i've almost killed myself numerous times so i don't know who this guy is but he's an idiot and he doesn't know anything about steam and just so you know for your own personal sake uh, don't let this guy watch your kids because he'll probably steam them to death. And while you're in your own home by yourself, remember just the dangers of steam and don't succumb to uh, steam death because that would not be preferable. Okay, so I'm going to get into my mini episode, my hot take episode. I'm also going to apologize about the audio quality of this. Obviously, since I'm 
in, you know, all these different movies. I don't have access to our recording studio, so I'm just recording this on my phone and I'm going to, you know, like send it in a file to Keith. When and I don't know what he's gonna do with it. He honestly may not even play it. I don't know. That's kind of up to him. Um, I think I actually have a, a small suspicion. I'm not positive. I don't like to think this, but I think that maybe Keith might have cursed the VHS tape himself to try and get rid of me. I don't know. I'm just not. I I don't think so. I don't like to think that. I'm just not taking any possibility off the table right now. So if you know if if you personally know of anything about this or you can do an investigation if Keith purposely trapped me in the movies to get rid of me and when I get back to me, that would be helpful. But once again, if that's the case, Keith probably won't even play this or he'll at least edit that segment out. So whatever. Okay. So anyway, uh since I was trapped in the movie Star Crash, uh which is a Star Wars ripoff from late 70s early 80s, I thought it would be fun to do a hot take on a relatively recent movie, Solo, a Star Wars story. Story. Now, normally on the trash hip, we don't do movies of this caliber, or at least movies of this caliber that have you know predominantly pretty good reviews. It's usually movies that are hated for or just not recognized enough. But we do do that. We do do bigger movies when we have unpopular rankings or unpopular opinions, unconventional places where we put movies in a series in terms of their quality. And my hot take is that Solo, which has not been the best received, probably been publicly the poor, most poorly received of this new batch of Star Wars movies, is actually better than The Force Awakens and better than The Last Jedi. And it's not as good as Rogue One. Rogue One, I think, is the best out of all of these. But it is second to Rogue One in terms of quality of this new batch of Star Wars movies. So I'm going to get into why I think it's better. And a lot of what I think is better about it is are some of the actual complaints that people have about it are things I personally think are good. You know, Um, for instance, one of the big things I've heard people talk about is uh, Alden Emmerich. Sorry, I don't know what his fucking name is. his acting, but more even more so than his acting, uh, people say that Han Solo in this movie doesn't act like Han Solo. And my response to both of those topics is, well, yeah, he, Alden Emmerich is not doing an impression of Harrison Ford, which is such a good thing. People who are complaining about that are a fucking idiot because if he was doing an impression of Han Solo, it would just make it more obvious that it's a different actor. You know, it wouldn't come across genuine at all. So I enjoy the fact that he's not doing an impression. Also, people complaining that Han Solo doesn't act like the Han Solo that we know from the other movies is also ridiculous because this is Han Solo 20 years prior, like, you know, 15, 20 years prior to the event, approximately, that's my guess, of to the events of A New Hope. So why would he be acting? This is about him as a young kid. This is about him becoming that character. If he started out the movie acting exactly like the Han Solo that we know from the original trilogy, there would be no character arc. There would be no character development, and it would be boring and stupid. There is actually a character in the movie, though, that kind of does act like the Han Solo from the original trilogy. And that's uh, Woody Harrelson's character, Tobias Beckett. 
And that makes perfect sense because that's Han Solo's mentor. He copies him, respects him, even though, oh, there's still, like I should, I should say, this is spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'm about to say spoilers right now. Uh, that's, I think that's kind of a given with our show. We always have spoilers, so I don't care, but whatever. So he admires, uh, Beckett, he copies him, he kills him, but that doesn't mean he still doesn't have like this, a strong emotional connection to him. And a lot, he still looked up to him even after he killed him. So that part of his becoming that character is emulating his mentor. So it makes perfect sense that Han Solo doesn't start out like the Han Solo played by Harrison Ford. And it would be a boring movie if it did. Okay, so moving on to uh, none of the other strengths about it. People's kind of said something that it was predictable or that it was cliche. And I, I say that I don't actually think that's the case. I think the movie follows a very classic West Western structure of like you know old Western old Western movies, and you could say that it's rep- uh, repetitive or cliche, but I would just say more so than that, it is archetypical. These are things that happen specifically in folklore, and Western movies are an aspect of American folklore, and it makes total sense to me for the movie to follow that structure. Particularly, you look at uh, A New Hope. A New Hope is very much just a space western, and it's only in the context of the sequels that it seems like something grander and more and bigger than that. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of the force mumbo jumbo and magic and crap, but it is not. I would not call that movie anything else than a space western, isolated from the rest of the trilogy. A New Hope, and the same applies here. This is not a movie about Jedi's and the Force. Or any of that thing. This is just an adventure movie about how a uh, pretty who someone who starts out pretty inconsequential in the Star Wars universe uh, is just a random criminal smuggler dude who ends up being important. This is about his random, you know, normal life, you know, relatively normal life uh, up until that point, and it following the Western structure really benefits from it. Another thing people have said is like, oh, well, it doesn't. This movie doesn't bribe any big, like, reveals about his background or big twists. Uh, and I say, so what? Like, that's what I'm saying. This isn't a movie about the Jedis and the Force and the history of the, the Sith and where they're coming from. It's just a movie about this guy who starts out pretty benign at the start of uh, the original trilogy and then only then gradually becomes, you know, the big hero that he is in the movie. So I think anything more grandiose would have actually detracted from the character that we know so I think it was a good idea to kind of keep it simple and not not over the top there are some things that in that are kind of like fan service you know that I understand people hated like how he or just weren't necessary like how he got his name you know with the uh, guy at the reg, you know Empire registration just signing him solo because he didn't have a last name and well yeah that was probably unnecessary it didn't bother me and I think if you're re- there's some people who are really bothered by that and I, you just gotta let that shit go man like there's literally no way that there is in any of these movies where we have our own expectations and you know movies that exist in these gigantic cinematic universes where we everyone comes up with their own backstory and their own 
uh, origin because they don't have anything better to do. Uh, like the me recording this episode because I don't have anything better to do. Uh, you're not going to like everything. And some of those and those minor things like that, you just got to let them slide. There was little things in in 90% of the movies I watched, there's little things I was like, oh, I wouldn't I would have changed that, but it's it's not a big deal. And let's see, other just general strength of the movie, the cinematography is really well done. I think the action scenes are are very well choreographed. The the train heist is a is an awesome heist slash action scene. Very well done. A lot of fun supporting characters. Some of them are kind of riffs on characters we've seen in other Star Wars movies that aren't as good as those other ones that we've seen before, but they're still solid. And Beckett's a great character. Uh, a lot of a lot of the peripheral characters are, are really good. Uh, so I'm totally okay with with that aspect of the movie as well. These are all strong things about it. I think. So why is it better than The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? Well, we're talking about going back to the structure and, you know, people saying that it's a little predictable or that it's, you know, kind of cliche and it's in its western presentation. Well, it may be a it may follow a predictable classic form western formula, but The Force Awakens is just straight up a new hope, which I don't necessarily hate that aspect of it, but it's def I mean it's not something where like this ruins the the movie for me, but it doesn't branch out as much as it could. It also kind of feels rushed a lot of the time. I feel like a lot of you can go from one scene to the next and there's there's spaces in between that kind of need to be filled. Um there's some very there's some choices in there too that I think are just kind of like huh what the fuck choices in the force awakens that it seem to me to be very obviously like the alternative cho- choices would have been much more impactful that, like, like for example I'm kind of muttering and not making much sense but if for instance uh you know when Kylo Ren takes off his helmet to Rey you know the very first time he takes off his helmet is when he was on the bridge with Han and having that confrontation. And that, to me, seems so obvious. Like, that's the point where we should see that it's just kind of a scared little kid underneath the Kylo Ren mask. He's revealing himself to his father. The emotional impact of that would have been much greater than if he than him just taking it off because Kray Ray was like, why don't you let me see your face? You know? The fact that that got written down filmed and nobody at one point said hey don't you think this is a better idea it's kind of baffling to me so there's a lot of stuff like that in the force awakens that is not as present in the uh in solo to me so for those reasons i think it's overall a stronger film than the force awakens it is and in terms of the last jedi it is far more of a cohesive movie and the Last Jedi audiences were kind of split on that one. Some people saying it was brilliant and daring, and other people really hating it. I kind of fell somewhere in the middle, where there was portions of it that I really liked and appreciated, and other portions that I thought were pretty painfully bad. And to me, it's kind of like you have to enjoy the Last Jedi. You kind of have to ignore, just ignore large push portions of the movie that don't make any narrative sense or bog it down, or have, or filled with, like, some really bad comedy, like, there's, there's some bad comedy in, in all the Star Wars movies, and there's some bad comedy in Solo, but there is some really bad comedy in The Last Jedi, it, it's prequel level, Star Wars prequel level bad comedy at times, so, 
that even though there's some really, really high points in The Last Jedi, and maybe some points in The Last Jedi that are higher than any point in uh, Solo, overall, it's just not a cohesive film. It feels like a three different films that were kind of like edited and chopped together, which I do not, don't get that feeling with uh, Solo. So for that reason, I would definitely put Solo above Last Jedi. Now, all this being said, I don't think Solo was better. I think there's some pretty small changes that you could have made that would have really strengthened it. Uh, for instance, excuse me, I just burped uh, the beginning I would have let lengthened the beginning out. I would have had a you know a little slower introduction to Han and his life on uh, Corellia, and uh, I, you know there's a lot. They always talk about him. He's like, I'm the best pilot. I'm the best pilot. I'm the best pilot. I'm going to be the best pilot. And then we never really see him. Fly. I mean, we see him fly the speeder at the beginning. and He's pretty good with it. But other than that, we really don't have anything to suggest that he's a great pilot up until he gets in that one ship while they're robbing the train and he does some pretty good maneuvers but nothing great and then he gets on the falcon and they're doing the kessel run and then he's doing all this crazy shit and that's the first and those are the, that's kind of how we're introduced to him being an amazing pilot we don't really get a real we're just kind of expected to accept it that he's a great pilot and all of a sudden he does it if earlier on if there had been a character you know that was he kind of you know was kind of hung out with on Corellia maybe somebody who was a junker who put together old ships and rebuilt them and Han and kind of helped him out and building ships. And we could see he had skills repairing and working on ships right there. And then this, his friend could be like, uh, you're going to, you are, you got, you got natural gifts. You got natural talent. talent. You're going to be a great pilot someday. You know, just something there to kind of foreshadow the fact that he actually is. And other people acknowledge it before he just all of a sudden starts whipping out awesome moves. Um, I also would have changed Kira's backstory a little bit. For one, I would have made Kira be the one who acquires the hyperfuel, not Han. I would have had Han still be much more of an innocent-type dreamer character, like just looking up to the stars, not really fantasizing about um, getting off the planet, but not really actively doing anything to about it. I would have had her acquire the the hyperfuel that they are going to use to bribe their way through security. And I also would have had her acquire it maybe in a more... Uh, underhandedly way, like where maybe she murders some people, some some people for it, and doesn't tell Han about that, uh, and just makes up a different story of how she got it, you know, and that really would have foreshadowed foreshadowed some of the stuff that happens with her later. It also uh, would have uh, just kind of deepened both her backstory and Han's backstory. Her starting already starting out a little more deadly. Everyone's always telling Han, like, you don't, maybe you don't know your friend as, as, as much as you think you do. And this would have just really emphasized that and would have prepared us for her later. Because later she keeps saying things like, oh, I've done things you wouldn't believe. I've done things you wouldn't believe. But we never get to see or hear any of that. It's just all secondhand and explained to us. We never actually get to witness it as part of the story. Uh, so I think that would have been important. I would have cut down on the exposition. You know, the, you know, they're planning their heist and they're like, oh, we got to get the stuff off the planet, but we have to get a really fast ship because once you take it off the planet, it starts to get destabilized because of the temperature and all this stuff. And that's all kind of just bogs down and it's kind of sloppy storytelling. If if you need to keep the, the uh, hyperfuel at a certain temperature before it's unrefined, they obviously have a cooler on the planet. They could have loaded it into a cooler and then in their escape... That cooler 
gets uh, damaged, and that's why they have to get there to their refining planet so fast. It would have cut down on all the exposition that happened in just one scene. It would have add incre- unexpected increases of danger in their mission as you're going, which would have amped up the tension in their escape from the mining planet. Uh, yeah, so that's that's well, actually that's all my thing on the expedition. I would have strengthened Dryden Voss's character. I think that's his name, the villain that employs everybody. He we get it's another thing we just get the, we just told like what a bad guy he is, and we, yeah we see him kill like the mayor or something. Uh, the at the beginning of his first intro, but we never, I don't know, we never, I never really felt like he was that dangerous of an adversary, and just a little bit more of of that would have made his character a lot stronger, would have made more tension in the overall movie. Um, I would have cut the happy ending. You know, the movie ends with should have ended more around where he kills Beckett, Kira leaves him, and then it kind of just should have ended right around there, you know. It shouldn't have. It shouldn't have had uh, that. Like you know, him and Chewie getting into the Falcon, be like, "Oh, we're going on a crazy adventure," because this is about how Han becomes disillusioned, how he becomes hardened and betrayed, and all and all the ways he is. We know he is later on, and how Chewie is really the only person he trusts. So it would have a little, a slightly more somber ending. Uh, would have been better. I definitely wouldn't have had that scene with them in the Falcon being like, well, guys, we're off on, we're going to hit the space road. And I may not even have had him get the, win the Falcon from Lando in this movie. That could have been in a sequel. It could have been a longer little uh, portion of the story, give it a little bit more depth, and it would have taken away some of the gee whiz, happy-go-luckiness ending of this movie, which I really didn't think was appropriate given the character's arc. So, anyway, I know no one really probably cares about this opinion of Solo, a Star Wars movie, but I do believe that in later years, this movie is going to be more fondly remembered than it currently is. Uh, And, yeah, that being said, that's pretty much all i got to say about Solo. I'm trapped still on the Star Crash planet. I don't know what planet or movie... I'm going to be hopping into next. Uh, Stay tuned for updates. And like I said, if you have any suggestions or help of how I can get out of here and get back to the real world. I'd really like to know that. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, In the meantime, you can catch Keith and his episodes and I'll keep you updated as best I can as to where I am and what movie I'm trapped in. All right. Well, thanks guys. And uh, this is usually Keith's, Keith's line, but for now, the dumpster is closed.